Stand to your feet if you would. Amen. Have you been blessed by the series we've been teaching on faith? We're going to continue to teach on. I don't know how long we're going to stay on faith, but we're going to continue until the Lord says to move. Because there's so much, there's so much in Scripture that deals with faith. This is, I mean, everything we do is by faith, right? So in your Bibles, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you have, turn to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 16 and 17. Now, this is our, our foundational text. Right, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And then we have some other uh, supporting scriptures that we're going to be dealing with. And then we're going to cover those too to give them to you. And then we're going to have another one that we're actually going to deal with as far as our topical text for today. Amen? So our foundational text is coming from Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. King James Version is what I'm going to be reading from. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Y'all see this last part with me. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And jot these other scriptures down real quick. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. We dealt with Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 on last week. Amen. And today, for our subtopic, we're going to, uh, uh, from uh, supporting scripture, we're going to deal from Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. And I want you to turn there, if you would. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, King James Version is what I'm going to be reading from. Are you there? Amen. It says this, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Amen. Verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he hath saith shall come to pass, he shall have, as you say in the South, what's a never? What's a never? <laughs> he shall have what's a never he's saying. Amen. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall do what? You shall have them. Father, we bless you on today. Thank you for your unconditional love that you have for us. Thank you that we know that you're here. You're right here with us. Thank you that you're here, Father. And we pray now for the miracle of the sword that everyone here, because we're believers, God, our heart is good ground. It's going to receive the word on today. It's going to bring forth fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold to your glory. God, we and ourselves could do absolutely nothing, but with you, Father, all things are possible. And we thank you for that, God. Now be with us. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we do pray to all the people of God said. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of our life-changing king. So today, we're going to continue to talk about faith. Amen. So for a subtopic, we're going we're gonna to use this. Believers must believe in order to be living. We play on words. Amen. Believers must believe 
in order to be living. Amen? Now, we talked about this. We said that the, the human being, or for us, for the average adult, you will breathe 11,000 liters of air a day. And you probably stop to think of it none, not even one minute of the day, unless you had problems breathing. So isn't it amazing that you don't even, we don't even think about air until we run out of it? Amen. Right? So the same thing kind of works sometimes by faith. We won't even think about faith until we need it. Amen? But for the believer, the Bible tells us here that the just, in order for us to live and operate and function in this kingdom, we have, we have to, the only way we can do it is by faith. Amen? So for the believer, um, faith for the believer is like heir, heir to humanity. In order for humanity to live, you have to have air. In order for us to live in the kingdom, we have to have faith. Amen? The just shall live how? The just shall live by faith. And I love this because we shall live by faith, not just exist by faith. We were telling you that on, on, on last week and the week before that, that the word live in the Greek is spelled Z-A-O. Zeo. But it means to really enjoy life. To be active and blessed endlessly in the kingdom of God. To, to live, not to just exist in the kingdom. God wants you to have life and to have it how? And to have it more abundantly. But the enemy, his whole job is to come to steal, kill, and destroy. But we are supposed to live this life with abundance. Amen? And we need to live it out of a place of rest. Turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. This is a scripture that we dealt with on last week. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You were crucified when Christ died. Guess, what? Guess who else died? You died. And when he rose again, guess who else rose again? You rose again. He rose again, the Bible says, with all power in his hand. So Christ, when you, when you, when you were raised with him by faith, man, you were whole. You were complete. Everything you needed was already done. It's already, you already have it. But here's the, the crazy thing about this. I love this. When, he, when you were crucified with Christ, that means you were dead to him. Nevertheless, I live, and you have to live now in the flesh. Amen. Somebody, listen. You're not. You're not. You're not on the cloud. When you got saved, man, it didn't make you some. You you know, it didn't make you fool around. You didn't get no wings when you got saved. <laughs> Amen. The life that you live now, as a believer, you're living in the flesh. The key is you can't live your life through the flesh. You have to live the life that we live now as a believer only through Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing? In him, we live and move and have our very being. If you try to do it on your own, you can't do it, baby. You can't do this thing by yourself. Amen? There's no good thing in the flesh. But we can live our life in this kingdom on the earth 
in the flesh only through faith. Amen? Amen. So that's how we get to the place where we say the places I used to go, you know, I don't go to that don't go no more. The things that I used to do, you ain't doing it on your own. It ain't because you're no super saint. It's only because Christ is living on the inside of you, doing those things through you. And the only way you can access him is through faith. The only way you can get to him through faith. Amen, somebody. So remember, we, we gave the example of that dream car. I like that example. Because I'm going to have my dream car one day. It's too old. And, but you know, we gave you that example of having the dream car. So now you just got the, the car of your dream. Someone has just given it to you. You didn't have to pay nothing for it because it costs more than you can ever afford. So now you have it. It can take you anywhere you want to go. It'll never rust and do everything you need to do. It's got all the bells and whistles. And you have it and you just sitting in it in your driveway. And it goes nowhere. No one saw it. You know, you haven't taken it to your friend's house. You know when you get something kind of cool, you go go let your friend check it out. Hey, come check this out. Right? You ain't did nothing with it. Why? Because you just sitting there. And then you ask the one who gave it to you, well, how do I make this thing work? You say, listen, I have given you a key. Only thing you have to do is take that key and, and turn it on and then operate your car. So for us to be able to operate or to function in this car, to drive around, you know, with the gate, you diamond in the back, sunroof top, digging in the scene with the gate to leave. Yes, y'all, yeah, y'all ain't too far removed, right? It's all good. But in order for you to enjoy that, you have to have the key. So the one who gave it to you said, man, just use your key for us to enjoy this life that God has given us. Our key is faith. Faith is the key for us. Amen. Amen. In your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. I'm not going to be before you very long today. Amen. We will get you in and out. So the Bible here kind of describes and gives the definition of faith. Right? So the King James it says this now faith is a something. This is what we kind of know. Something that things hope for, right? The evidence? Things I see. I mean, you guys, most of us know that one. I like the way the Amplified Version puts it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. It says, Now, faith, and faith is always now. Amen. Faith, now faith is the assurance, the title deed. The confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So the Amplified Version says that faith, I like the, I like the way it puts it, is the title deed. Amen? So it's like it's like this. When you own something, you own a house or something, they give you a title deed to it. This title deed is saying that somewhere that there's a house that belongs to me. Right? When you look at the title deed, you're not looking at the house. But just because you have it, it, it signifies and verifies that you own a house somewhere. That you can do, you can, you listen, you can, the, the title D says that it's yours, but you can get to the place where the house actually exists, even if you can't see it, but the title D says that it's there. Amen. 
That's how faith works. It's the title deed to everything that you need. It's the proof that's in the pudding. Amen. 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 Even before you get a chance to eat it. (laughs) It's the evidence of your hope. Faith is the, the evidence of your hope. Right? So in order, when, you, when you're in court or whatever, you're trying to prove something, what, what is the prosecutor and, the, uh, and uh, the defense attorney, what do they always try to present? Evidence. What does the evidence do? It proves something, right? So faith proves what you're hoping for is real. You get me? That's what faith does to us. So we got to get to the place that everything that we do, man, we have to live by faith. Now here's the thing, it's the evidence of things hoped for, not wished for. There's a revelation of a difference between hoping and wishing. You can wish for things all you want to, but when you hope for something, it has an anchor. It has something that it's going to be attached to. Amen? But when you just wish for something, you just wish it. But when you have hope, that's why hope is so it's so incredible. You, you see people that's doing craziness, even our, our, our young black men or, or people doing things in, in the inner cities. Well, you, 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 you say to yourself, what's causing them to do this if they don't have no hope? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to hang their hat on. Nothing to anchor, to anchor their, their thoughts to. So hope is, hope is, we have to have hope, Amen. Hope is a desire or attitude of expectancy concerning something that's in the future. If you don't have nothing to hope for, man, then you're hopeless. Right? But faith is, is faith is, is believing something that you cannot see, but the assurance that you already possess it. That's why sometimes the world cannot understand how we exist in this world as kingdom citizens. You, listen, you live by a whole new different set of rules. Amen. And you've got to know that. Then you've got to know that you don't exist in this world based on things that you can see. You exist in this world by things that you can't see. Amen. Faith is seeing it and receiving it even when it can't be seen. It's seeing it. Now here's the thing. thing that you, you, you cannot, don't just see it. You have to receive it, even when it can't be seen. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that we, we walk by faith, not we just stand there by faith. Now, faith always requires something. you got to do something, right? And here's the thing, too. Now, there's, a, there's, there's something that's called natural faith and even spiritual faith. And we're going to break down some of the things that deal with the spiritual faith. Natural faith is when you, 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 you trust something because you have experience with it, right? So right now, when you came into this theater, you sat down on the seat, and guess what you used? You used your natural faith. Because you trusted it. You believe that this, this chair can hold you. Right? So that's dealing with your natural faith. But the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith says that, listen, even when I don't see it, I haven't experienced it, but because God's word said that it belongs to me, I have experienced it in my mind and in my heart, and I have accepted it as a fact. So it's just like you sit in this chair, 
Right? By faith, when you with faith toward God, you can sit in a chair and in your mind and you have never sat there before. So it's like your healing. God has healed you and you can receive your, your healing, but you're still racking with pain. But something in your mind and in your heart tells you that I am already healed. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you are already healed. Amen, somebody. That's having faith towards God. Your faith has to be in him. And we talked about this. It has to be to the place where you're, you have to have the object of your faith. Man, Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. See, because you trust the manufacturer who made this chair because he made other chairs. And you say, you know what? Because he made the chair, I trust that I can sit in it. How much more would you trust the one who hung the stars? How much more would you, would you trust the one who created you? How much more would you trust the one that took the dust of the earth and gathered it together and breathed into you the same essence that's on the inside of him into you? He gave you life. How much more would you trust the one who gave you life? He's the one that our faith is in. So he always has to be, Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. He's the anchor of our soul. Hallelujah. Man, without him we can't do nothing. He's the one, right? So he's the one we have to have faith towards God. Not your paycheck. Not your job. Not your education. Amen. Not your preacher. Come on, somebody. Because here's the thing, man. You have to have enough faith in me that I will hear from God. So if you're praying for me correctly, your faith is going to cause God to give me a download. And then from that download, I'm going to give you an upload. And because of that upload, your life is going to change. That's how it works. But you have to, it's not, it's not just because the person behind this pulpit. Amen. You can't put all your faith and your trust in me. Man, it's got to be through Jesus Christ. And if you trust me through Jesus, please trust me through Jesus. Because that means I'm going to grow. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He's going to give me revelation. So I can give something to you and you have illumination in your life. And stop all the procrastination. <laughs> I'm going to give you another nation and we keep, keep messing with me. Come on, somebody. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I'm going to read through verse 24. Amen. Y'all all right? Thank God for this. Thank God for Jesus. Mark chapter 11. 22 through 24, King James Version. It says this, And Jesus and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you say unto this mountain, or whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore, I say unto you, 
what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them. Come on, somebody say believe, believe. that you receive them and you shall have them. Yes. I love this story, right? Because in, in this story in Mark chapter 11, it's a part of Jesus' last week on earth. He's going from Bethany down to Jerusalem. And Jesus is coming from Bethany, the Mount of Olives. Amen. And when he's, he's about to embark on his triumphal entry, this is when he's coming back to Jerusalem, riding on the colt. And all the people are saying, they're expecting a king, right? They're expecting this, this king that's going to bring them from this Roman rule. So they're saying, Hosanna, save now. They're throwing out the olive branches. And he comes riding in the city, right? And we won't get into that story. But he, then he goes back, right? So the Bible says that Jesus go back to Bethany. Because it was actually a, a pretty short distance. Amen. I had a, had a chance to be in that region. And you can actually, from the Mount of Olives, look down and see the temple. So you can look down and see Jerusalem. Right? You can see the gates of where he, he went down and went. Amen. Anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I almost lost myself. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is coming back from Bethany. So the Bible says that Jesus go back to Bethany. And the next morning, they're headed back to Jerusalem. Now let's pick up there. Verse number 12. 11 and 12. Mark 11 and 12. We're still in Mark, okay? Y'all with me? Verse 12 says this. And on the morrow, when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found um, nothing but leaves. For the time of the fig was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. The Bible says in verse 14, are y'all with me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It said Jesus answered. Now this may seem insignificant to you, but I can remember, man, years ago reading the scripture. And it said, Jesus answered. He answered? So, I, to Elder God, I got for what I did, I looked up the word answer. It means he had a conversation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's a good time. That's good. He had a conversation. He had a conversation. Amen. Now, let's go back and look at some, some context. Now, remember that I said that he, he answered. That means he had a conversation with this fig tree. Amen? Just remember that. We're going to come back to it later. Now let's go to verse number 20. Move on to verse 20. Amen? It says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called him to remember, saying unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto him, have faith in God. Verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt into his, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which, which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever or whatsoever he said. Now do you think his disciples was probably confused? They're probably trying to figure this whole thing out. But what I do, I believe that Jesus was preparing them 
prepare them on how to function after he left. He was prepared because he knew, he knew, he was the only one who knew that it was his last week. So he was teaching them, hey, because he was teaching them how to function here on the earth when I leave. You get me? He was teaching them this. There are some situations, there are some circumstances that you're going to go through that you have to talk to. There are some situations that you just got to speak to. When they're supposed to be bearing figs, you got to speak to it. You got to learn to talk to some of the junk that's in your life. So the doctor comes to you, you know, you were doing real good, you were doing fine. All of a sudden, you get a bad doctor's report. You got to learn to speak to the report. Because it's talking to you. I know some of your situations are talking to you. Come on, your money's acting a little funny. You ain't got enough ends for nothing to me. They won't even come. They won't even come around a corner. You got to get to the place where you listen. Don't let your situation just dictate what's going on. Speak to your situation. So what he was teaching his disciples is something ain't looking like it's supposed to look like. Speak to it. Talk to it. And then, I love Jesus. I, man, he's so cool. After it was all over, he didn't explain nothing. He just what he told him. Have faith in God. They're like, what? I just know, I, later on, they got it. When you speak to some situations with faith, speak to your body. Amen. Speak to your circumstances. Speak to your family members. Now, don't just preach to them. Speak to them. But you got to do it how? You got to do it by faith. Got to do it by faith. Let's keep moving. Verse 24. It says, Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. You have to believe. Amen? You, you have to not only just believe in God, but you got to believe in what God has for you. Right, you cannot just believe. A lot of people believe believe that Jesus existed, but do you believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation? Do you believe in Jesus Christ for your healing? Is it in Him? What are you believing about God? It's, it's just listen. You cannot just believe God. You got to believe what He says about not only about who He is, but what He says about you. You've got to get to the place where you believe what God says about you. Amen. The Bible says that even the, the demons believe. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. It says, for which we have believed we do enter into rest. The only way to live this life in this earth, to live it by rest, is to live it through Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that gives you hope. Only thing that gives you sanity. Only thing that gives you rest. Man, uh, listen, people are freaking out right now in this, in this country. There's a lot of things that's going on, but the believer, for us, man, listen, there's no need to be concerned because we're going to cast all of our cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us and he will teach us how to walk through these things with a spirit of rest. Amen, Amen somebody. But the enemy, he's always trying to agitate you. 
He's always trying to get the believer to get to the place where they don't function in rest. Everything that's happening in your life right now is a byproduct of what you believe. Either what you believe from the Lord or either what you believe from the enemy. Everything that you're dealing with is a byproduct of what you believe. He always wants you to believe the, the worst. The enemy always wants to come to you and say, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Matter of fact, you really don't believe what you believe. The enemy comes to you and says, you ain't got no faith. I thought you had faith. How did you get sick? He's trying to get you to doubt. Amen? And then when you go through different situations, listen, God is not the problem. Doubt is normally always the problem. To be of two opinions. Here that you say it's either this or that. No. Well, no. It should be this or that. Not this and that. It either is or it ain't. Either he's a healer or he's not. Amen. Either he's a provider or he's not. Either he's a deliverer or he's not. The Bible says when when you're lukewarm, when you're trying to straddle the fence, man, he will spew you out. So we have to get to the place where we know and our knower where we believe what we believe. Amen? And when you get to that place, man, when you believe what you believe, that's when your faith looks crazy. The stronger your doubt, the greater your unbelief is. So we can't doubt him. But the enemy always wants to make us doubt him. He wants to make us doubt ourselves. The enemy's trying to come to you and to try to get you to doubt what you believe. He's trying to get you to doubt who you are. I thought you was this and I thought you was that. I know what you're saying. But you don't understand my situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. It's really hard. Guess what? I don't understand. But he does. Amen. He's the one who understands. In your Bibles, turn to James. James chapter 1. Verse number 2. I'll read through. I'm reading from 2 through 8. I'm almost about to get out of here. Man, I'm doing all right today. Y'all all right? James chapter 1. He knows what you're going through. Amen. <laughs> and he's concerned about it. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 8. It says, says this, verse number 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith worketh patience. Don't nobody want their faith to be tested. Amen. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Verse number five. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. And it should be given unto you. Wisdom. Amen. Sometimes you need wisdom to ask God for faith. Right? But verse number six says this. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded wave, I'm sorry, a double-minded man or a doubting man is unstable in all his ways. What if I told you that the trial probably came to show you an area that you didn't believe? The enemy is always getting to, he wants you to doubt. So he will bring things 
to, to you to, to cause you not to believe. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you this, this, this one little example or analogy. Then we'll give our last scripture and let you go home. Amen? So, so we got to get to the place where we believe what God says about us. You've got to believe that God wants the best for you. He wants nothing but the best for you. So here you are. I've told this story before. Some of you guys might, might, might have already heard the story. So here you are in Niagara Falls. Y'all with me? Indulge me for just a second. Amen. Here you are in Niagara Falls. Hey, we are Niagara Falls. Pray <laughs> There's a guy who's doing a tightrope um, act. I guess you call it a tightrope act, right? He's on a tightrope. He's going across Niagara Falls. He's on a bicycle. He goes across, he comes back, and all of us, are, we're looking at it. We're seeing it. We're witnessing it. We believe it. Right? Because we, we saw it done. So now, and we clap. You know. He goes and he comes back. So then he goes and he comes back and he takes his assistant. He puts him on the handlebars of the bike. Gets on the tightrope. Rides it across the fall. We're amazed. Tell me, that's incredible. He comes back with his assistant on the handlebars. You believe it. You saw it happen. So now he comes and says, listen, you have a need in your life, a financial need, right? $20,000. We don't get put a number on it. You have a $20,000 financial need, whatever it is. That little $20,000 could could do wonders for you. You have to have it. Matter of fact, you really depend on it. Because if you don't get it, man, everything's going to fall apart. Your whole world's going to fall apart if you don't get this money. So he comes back and he says, listen, don't have any volunteers that will take the place of my assistant and ride on my handlebars and go across the falls. I'll bring you back and when I bring you back, I'm going to give you $20,000. You saw it. And here, here's the crazy thing about it, Brother Clyde, my money. That assistant is the same size as you. He's the same height, the same weight. Everything about him is you. Everything. To the T. He asks the volunteers you're afraid to raise your hand. Why? Because you saw it happen. You believe that it happened. You believe that it could happen for someone else, but for you. For you, you're the one who needed. That's what the enemy's always trying to get you to do. He's always trying to get you to doubt that the one that's on the bike, he can carry somebody else, but he can't carry you. I'm here to tell you only thing you have to do is believe and go get your money. Because he'll put you in situations, circumstances where he's just asking you to believe and trust in him. That's all you have to do is believe and trust in him. I hear you. I hear you. He said, he said hey, well, 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 Pastor, would you get on the bike? Listen, I ain't going to be super deep. I'm going to take the S off my chest. I would, listen, I would like to think that I would carry my behind and get on that bike. Right? I would like to think that. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. 
Because he'll tell me what if you trust him, he'll tell you exactly what you need to do. He will say, boy, you better go get on that bike and get that money. Amen, somebody. My last scripture. Let me get my musicians to play. Just softly. Because this is what the enemy always tries to get us to do. When we just last scripture, this last story, we probably have all heard, heard it many times. He's always getting us to, to doubt. Right? And I'm telling you, I go, I, I go, this is one of my favorite stories in scripture because I find myself still going through these some of these same cycles. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You be like, you, you the pastor, you you, you be doubting something. I, I'm telling you. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, man, I gotta trust him. Oh, I know you can be super deep. I ain't super deep. I ain't got no S on my chest. I got an S. Faith. Y'all get figured out on the way home. Amen. So Mark chapter 9, verse 17, 17 through 27. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Amen. Are you there? I'm gonna let you, I want y'all to turn this. Read this one with me, okay? Just kind of read along. Mark chapter 9, make sure you write it down. Mark chapter 9, verse 17 through 27 is what we're going to be reading. Somebody say, just get on the bike. Just get on the bike. Amen. Are you there? I like to hear them pages turning. It says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but the devil, but the evil spirits saw Jesus and threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell on the ground, reaching and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. Listen to this. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. If you can. Verse 23. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asks. Anything is possible to a person. If a person believes. The fatherly instantly cried out. I love this. I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd. And all of us was, was, was growing. He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that make this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into the uh, into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran throughout the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus. Took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. One of the things I love about this whole story is this. Let, let's, let's look at the context. If you go up in, in before the context of, of this particular story, this is when Jesus, 
Peter, James, and John that came down from the, the Mount of Transfiguration. They came down and they found a crowd of people, listen to me, a crowd of people, and they were arguing. And Jesus asked them, he said, why are y'all arguing? And then that's when, that's when the, the boy's father stepped up and said, hey, I brought my son to be healed. I brought him to, to, to the disciples first, and they couldn't heal him. You know what? I, I, this is this is just this is my sanctified imagination. Because it says that he was arguing with the religious leaders, so they arguing why this boy can't be healed. They probably arguing over doctrine, craziness. And the only thing the father said when he saw Jesus, told him, he said, "Listen, I brought my son to the to the, to be healed. I brought him to your disciples." And they couldn't heal him. He said, but I know you can do it. He said, please help us if you can. So all you know, you know, all of us preachers, man, we want we always like we want to preach about the if you can, you know, nothing's impossible. We like to preach about that little clause in scripture. Because it preaches good. If if. What do you mean? If all things. You know, we, we, we want to preach that one. But I want to digress and take the position of the Father. So what, what got me about this story, what resonates to me is that, listen, I know some of the super deep people said, you just got to have faith in God because Jesus told you anything is possible to, to them to have faith. But this man said, God, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief. Why? Because this situation, I've been watching this boy all his life. That's right. I've been praying for him all his life. So, man, every time that he would, he, I would pray for him, I think he's healed, and then this spirit will come and throw him back into the fire, throw him into the water. He's trying to kill my boy, and he's been doing it since he's a little boy. I'm a believer, I'm saved, sanctified. I go to church, but in this particular situation, I'm having trouble believing. I love him because he, listen, he was just transparent with the Lord. Stop trying to perpetrate who you are spiritually. When you're having trouble in a certain situation, don't be afraid to go to God and say, listen, I'm going to take the F off my chest. I need your help. I believe it. It's just like the, the, the man with the bike. I saw it happen for other people. But for me, I'm having trouble believing that's going to happen for me. Oh, my God. Jesus didn't question him anymore. When he confessed to the Lord that he had problems believing, he said, ah, bring that boy to me. Right. The situation was not back to the man. He said, I got your cure. Because when I, when I listen, when I heal, you've been, you've been praying for him. When I heal him, your faith is going to go to a whole other place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The disciples couldn't do nothing. You have, there's certain situations, man, when you have trouble believing God. Don't be afraid to say, I'm having a problem. That's right. He'll bypass your mind. He'll bypass your situation. He'll bypass your circumstance. And he'll just raise that boy up. Even when the situation looks like it's dead. Everybody around you saying, yeah, uh uh-huh. I thought, I thought, I thought. Just trust him to raise your situation up even when it looks like it's dead. That's right, that's right. He's the one. 
I find myself in those situations, those those times where, you know, uh, even man with, with this, I'm like, God, you got to, listen, I got to keep my faith strong. Amen. Amen. God, you got to, you, listen, we need a building. We need a place to worship. He said, what I tell you, just chill. But you know, <laughs> just chill. It's coming. He said, I've already, I've already prepared a place for you. The yeah, yeah. only thing I need you to do is to walk by faith. Amen. Yeah. Don't stand still. Just keep moving. I'll show you the way to go. That's right. My point, listen, is that there are times when you're going to need help to believe. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. That's right. That's right. God still has you. He's still, don't be, and listen, don't, don't get to the place where you find yourself, you know, like Jesus found these people arguing, they're probably arguing about doctrine. The religious leaders are saying, I thought y'all was all this, you know, we lay hands this way or we do things this way. You know, we do stupid stuff in the body of Christ sometimes. When all along, it wasn't in the doctrinal, you know, the doctrinal ways you do things, it was all about who we taking them to. All about Jesus. All about him. It's all about him. Everything. So one of the reasons, man, that this thing resonates with me, and it should resonate with you. I know that there's situations, there's there's areas that you're dealing with. I know. I know by the Spirit of the Lord that you haven't you haven't you haven't doubts. That no. Get to the place where you know when you know her, man. It, it's either this. Or that. You have to choose. And the areas that you're having trouble choosing, man, get into his word. That's why we, we, we're trying to bring faith to you. We want to bring the word to you so you won't doubt. That's right. That's right. Just believe God. Amen. 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 Have faith in him. He knows that he'll take that dead situation and raise it up. And present it back to you. I don't care how long you've been dealing with. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, can I pray for you?